Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Get your answers. Decode the teacher. Just a simple game of math. How do you process magnitudes? And Maya math. This is our podcast for week six in 2018. We welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Coolia Services, to help us review the links of this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, well, we have wonderful links uh, to look at this week. And the first one says, get your answers. Well, I'm curious. What is the answer? Yes. Uh, this article, article is a blog post from a 16-year-old. And I'll give you some quotes that make very clear how children can feel when they have learning disabilities but are not immediately diagnosed or or understand what they are. Mm -hmm. So here's the first quote. I was diagnosed with dyscalculia, ADHD and anxiety disorder. I didn't know what those words meant, but what I did know is the way they made me feel. I felt suffocated, embarrassed, disappointed, negative and weird. It's not that I don't want to succeed, it's that despite how hard I try, I can't bring myself to succeed. I'm stuck in a paradox. I don't want anyone to know my struggles, but I also don't want to suffer in silence. I need help, but I don't want it because I should be able to do these things on my own. Complicated. Yes. Yes. So you see how they can feel and how intense these feelings can be, and particularly for for teenagers. They go on to explain uh, how difficult it is for others to understand what they are going through. And then, uh, and with a quote that I also want to repeat here. Here's the quote We all have a disability. And being judged for this disability doesn't feel good and it's not right, but it will happen. The only person that has the right answer is you. It won't be the same as everyone else's, but the one thing we all have in common is an answer and the ability to respect other people's answers, because we're all just trying to find our answer. Well, that is great for, for a 16-year-old to be so open about yeah, it. Absolutely. Great insight. Right. Absolutely. And put that out there in the public field. All yeah. teachers and parents should take this to heart and, and, and make sure they do screenings in time to provide these children with the support they need in time and, and they deserve and it. Deserve, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good, uh, good blog post. And <laughs> Now, the, uh, the, the next link talks about decoding the... Uh, the teachers, are they, are they robotic or uh, what's, what's <laughs> yeah, going on with wish. them? Well, this is about a client we got the other day who told us about their school where a teacher had said the child had probably in a, in a teacher, parent-teacher conference uh-huh. low IQ and ADHD. Right. Hmm. That sounded to me much like the child is stupid and doesn't listen. But <laughs> <laughs> they've nicely I mean, packaged that, it. That in. is what I would take home when right. I would be on the receiving end of such a such a remark well anyway that same day the uh, understood organization and I can only urge you time and again to go to their website because they're really fantastic 
uh, they came out with an article that gives a table of things a teacher may say and then what they actually may mean by that and what <laughs> questions <real> <laughs> parents can ask about it. That's very good. So, for example, the teacher would say, I'm surprised at how inconsistent he is in remembering how to do math problems. He often understands the concept one day, but not the next, end quote. Now, actually, that could mean that this student uh, might have a, a, a real problem um, more than only the, the math problems, and that this teacher is concerned about your child's trouble remembering math factor formulas, but couldn't signal this. And it might be a, a more profound issue like dyscalculia. Right. So the message is to pay close attention to what teachers say. Hmm. They they may observe some behavior, but not directly make uh, an interpretation. And also, they might be over cautious not to jump to the conclusion, but they at least want to put it out there on the table so that parents can can uh, think about it and maybe do something yeah. about it yeah. without them being immediately uh, either judging or uh, right. or, or stickering but then the parents need to be savvy enough to be to, able to decode that and yeah because we know, know that everybody tries to be friendly in in a conversation like this and it might come out um, a little bit um, smoothed out well there is a real problem below and then this might be the first um, first remark to get the conversation going. So right. don't stop there, but right. ask questions and, and stay in touch with your teacher. Talk about what you observe, ask what the teacher observes, take it from there and definitely, if there are signs that um, that could be a red light, please go and, and have that student uh, assessed, assessed. And, and make sure that they get the help they, they need. Right, okay. Well, the next link is, uh, it, it shows a simple game of math. Actually, I thought it was pretty funny, that uh, game of math. Yeah, yeah, we found this actually uh, via Twitter. It's a little snippet of information. And this is a teacher who uses Cuisinaire rods, which uh, I use on a daily basis. I really love my Cuisinaire rods. Uh, and dice to have kids play a little game to race, so to say, over the number line to see who first can get to 30. It's a good example of how uh, little it sometimes takes to make a lesson really uh, attractive and interesting for children. And you can make variations. Uh, I usually do the race to 50 uh, for older kids. You can even do a race to 100 and, and let them play with two dice and either um, yeah, add up the, the numbers or the dice or use the difference between them. There's so many variations. And, Really, the Cuisinier rods, they uh, link a number with a size and also a color. And that really helps our kids to, to remember those math facts. Okay. Okay. Nice game. Good. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com. And we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. Now the next link looks complicated and talks about how do you process magnitudes? What can we learn here? Now it's an interesting study um, and the outcome favors the possibility of a generalized magnitude system and that would be located in the Okapite 
her to look so a little bit to the she's back pointing the now listen she's pointing at the back of her head somewhere we need to make well, this a video this is not a video podcast unfortunately Sorry for that. <laughs> well it might be further uh, assumed that with development more refined and and uh, very specific um, neuronal functions form uh, to uh, process these uh, magnitudes with increasing difficulty. Yes, this is a really interesting uh, study uh, from Europe, mainly from uh, Zurich and uh, Berlin, and uh, from the, the University uh, um, Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. Now, and the outcome here seems to indicate that there is a generalized magnitude system in the occipitoparietal lobe. And with a generalized magnitude system, we mean that um, it can process space, number, and time. Also, um, it was found that over time, um, this magnitude system becomes more refined and specific neuronal functions form to be able to process these magnitudes uh, more exactly. They also found that despite the numerical deficits and difficulties in more complex spatial skills, students, and, and mainly adolescents here, with developmental dyscalculia, actually seem to have well-developed abilities to process discrete and continuous magnitudes. Okay. So that is not the culprit. <laughs> that, that, so that doesn't work with their theory now. Well, highly likely there are more complex processes involved here. And also, uh, some neuronal findings um, may reveal the use of compensatory systems by these students. Okay. And that was hinting to a slight delay in the development of discrete and continuous uh, numerical system. Now, it's clear that we need uh, more studies in this yeah. uh, area, yeah. and that we could uh, learn a lot more about the development of this uh, generalized magnitude system, although we have to say that there are also articles that um, separate it out and say there's not a generalized magnitude system, but you have uh, separate components that work for space, number, and time. Now, uh, it would be very interesting to follow uh, what will come out of the next study here yeah. and, and both um, comparing typical developing uh, students and those who have an uh, atypical development, in this case, uh, the developmental dyscalculia. Right. Well, yeah. well, we'll follow it and it will come back in one of our future uh, headlines. Well, the final link today is about Maya math. Should we all start using this? Uh, <laughs> the ancient skills of the Maya? Should we go back in time? We go back in time, back absolutely. Back in time, use clay and, and little sticks. and. Uh, well, the article is, is uh, from the Financial Times. And it, it gives a very thorough explanation of what it is and, and how it works. You can definitely use it. Right. Well... I'm personally not convinced it has magical powers, but <laughs> if it works for a group of students, then it's positive. Yeah. And it's now popular in the Yucatan, and they're looking for ways to introduce it in the remainder of uh, Mexico. And mm -hmm. anything will help there, as the Mexicans are traditionally a little bit uh, <laughs> low on the step of uh, listing uh, for math skills per country. So uh, if it won't help, it, it won't... It won't it be won't uh, any either. damage. And we now know that 
if you uh, can draw in students and, and make them more interested because something is uh, linked to their culture, their past, they uh, they might be uh, more engaged, uh, pay more attention, work right. with it, and and actually make progress. Absolutely. So that'd be good. Yes. Well, thank you, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. We hope to see you again next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of DiscoCuliaService.com, and you can follow her on Twitter and on Facebook. She maintains boards on Pinterest and Flipboard, and she runs five free webinars. And all the information about that is at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. Now, if you want to know if you have DiscoCulia, you can do the free DiscoCulia uh, checklist on our website, DiscoCuliaServices.com, where you can get a more comprehensive math and DiscoCulia screening test at DiscoCuliaTesting.com. Dr. Schroeder is on a mission to increase the number of DiscoCulia tutors and has developed a whole online course for teachers and other interested people who want to become a DiscoCulia tutor. You can find all about that at DiscoCuliaTutor.org. DiscoCulia Headlines Weekly is a production from DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. You can find us on the web at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and we are on Twitter at DiscoCuliaHead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for DiscoCulia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.